This is the Empowered Jewish Living Podcast, where we explore the beauty of Judaism, the depth of Jewish wisdom, and how to live a more empowered life. So we are continuing our journey in the Pirkei Avot. We're learning chapter one, and we learned the first Mishnah, the first statement last week, that taught us a little bit about Jewish continuity. Uh, we learned a little bit about the, the transmission of Torah and how it went from Moshe to Joshua to the elders and on and on. And they told us the importance of being deliberate, being patient, whenever we have to make any sort of decision, any sort of halachic ruling, <clears throat> any sort of life decision. And uh, we need to do it uh, together, the specific uh, instruction was given to a rabbi or to a judge or something like that, giving direction to somebody else. But it's true with every single one of us personally, we need to be very deliberate and really make sure that we're not treating something just generic, giving something some sort of generic answer, thinking that all situations are the same, but that we realize the nuances of every situation. We spoke about the importance of, sh- of uh, sharing Torah, spreading Torah, having many students. If you come to this class, then you are likely more knowledgeable than many of the Jews that you interact with. Therefore, you are, or you should play the role of Jewish influencer. Right now, everyone's trying to be an influencer, right? Look what's going on on social media. Everyone's an influencer. Everyone's trying to get their message out, share their values. You are an influencer whether you like it or not. And you can step into that role. You can shy away from that role. Don't be cheesy about it. There's a lot of cheesy influencers out there. There's a lot of people trying to influence out there who have nothing to offer. You do have something to offer because you're a growth-oriented person. I know you're growth-oriented people because you've come onto this call, which already takes you out of the norm. You're knowledgeable Jewishly. Share that. Engage other people. Engage other people. Share what you learn. These these classes to me are, I mean, I feel like I came to Masora, and as I've mentioned many times, I grew up in a reformed background, and even though I did Jewish studies at the University of Maryland as one of my degrees, there, there was so much that I did not know. I didn't go to Jewish camps or different kinds of things like that, and I didn't engage in Judaism in a very different way. I didn't learn Talmud and these classes, while obviously I love them, are a constant reminder of how very, very little I know. And I know there's that <laughs> great quote. I know there's that great quote about the more you know, the more you realize you don't know, right. which is great in terms of, of humility and, and understanding how much there is in terms of knowledge in the world and all these different kinds of things. I by coming here, not only completely humble myself with the realization that I know so very little about this also don't feel like I'm in a position where I can then talk to people about it because I am like, look, I am not by any right. means. Exactly. So, so like the, here's the talk. score though, Noah, because of your upbringing, you therefore now have in this mindset that you are not enough to share with others. And I can tell you from the hundreds and hundreds of Jews that are in our orbit, that if you need someone to give you permission and tell you that you are knowledgeable enough to share deep Torah ideas with other people, I am telling you that you are far ahead of the pack. So I I would really hope that you would change your mindset because, again, I speak to you and I know you well, and I speak to, to many others, and you have so much, so much to share and go out and share it and never feel inadequate to do so. 
the world needs people sharing. Uh, the third instruction that was given last week was make yourself a fence for the Torah, which means that you always need to uh, look at what is potentially in danger of being swept under the carpet, of getting lost as a Jew. And therefore, we're really always trying to um, increase um, our, what's called the siyag, our, what's literally translated as, as, as boundaries, but we're trying to um, create for ourselves a, a, an overall environment that will be conducive to a lifestyle of growth and not always sort of walking the tightrope of things, but really putting ourselves in a situation, creating boundaries for ourselves, creating an overall environment. Like um, I think Marcy said it on the call, if somebody asked on the call, uh, no, I, maybe it was Ben. Is this connected to um, making a fence around one's rooftop if one is active on the rooftop? So there's a Torah uh, commandment that says, make sure that your rooftop is safe if you're doing your activities over there because we don't want lawsuits. We don't want people falling off and getting damaged. The same thing is true with your Judaism. If you're just getting by as a Jew, if you're just doing the basics, just doing whatever is necessary to do is really take, is, it's, you're walking the tightrope. And uh, the minute that you uh, let up a little bit, you'll fall off. So you want to make sure that you're always growing and that you're always putting yourself in a safe environment that as a Jew, uh, you'll constantly continue to grow. Will, welcome onto the call. Good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you too. Okay, so now let's jump into the Mishnah of the week. This perhaps is one of the most important Mishnahs that we have in all of Mishnayot. And the reason is that this is really the foundation of all of Judaism is in this Mishnah. So let's take a look at it together. Mishnah number two, Mishnah Bet. Shimon HaTzadik, Shimon the Righteous was one of the last men of the Great Assembly. Hu haya omer, he used to say, al shlosha dvarim ha'olam omed, the world stands on three things, al ha-Torah, the al ha the al-gimilut chasadim, the world stands on three things, on the Torah, on what's translated over here as the temple service, but we're going to expound on that, and we're just going to say on service in general, and on the practice of acts of piety, or of doing acts of kindness. Torah, Avodah, Kimilut Chasadim. Some of you probably know, I, I know there's multiple songs using these words, but this is such an important Mishnah. Because the goal of, of any spiritual practice, the goal of any religion, really the goal of all of our lives, is we are trying to become whole. We're trying to become whole people. And we want to make sure that we are focusing and emphasizing the right things. Just like B. Pink just came onto the call. Hi, B. We want to make sure that we're well-rounded and that we are emphasizing the right things. And very often, in our desire to be good, in our desire to grow, what happens is we pick one thing and we say, this is the most important thing. This is priority. And that thing ends up coming to the exclusion of everything else. 
And while that feels good for us, at least for some time, what happens is we become not a well-rounded individual, not a well-rounded human being. If you go to the gym because you want to work on, let's say you want to work on your, um, what are they called? These are your biceps, these are your triceps. What are these called? Chest. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. What? Pectoral. Your pectoral muscles, right? Okay. So now you decide, all right, I want to work on my pectoral muscles. So now I go to the gym every single week and I'm just doing all those things, right? That'll help me with the pectorals and your hair, right? And everything. But I'm not paying any attention to my abdominal muscles. So now I have this little, you know, pot chullet belly, right? But I got these rock solid pecs. So now I look in the mirror and I, I, I just look disoriented. I don't look good. Because I haven't worked, I haven't become a well-rounded, maybe that's a bad uh, term to use uh, you know, in, in this context, right? But I haven't, I haven't created proper balance. If you really want to have a good body, you got to work the biceps, you got to work the triceps, you got to work the pecs, you got to work the abs, you got to work the tuchus, and you got to make sure you have everything, your thighs, you, right? That's, that's what it's going to be. Now, it takes a lot longer it takes a lot longer to do that, and you don't see the results as quick because you're not as focused on one thing. But what happens is over the course of time, you now become a very healthy, a very well-rounded individual. So we have over here these three branches of Judaism. One is called spirituality or connection with God. The other is called personal growth. And the third is called interpersonal connection, doing for others. The way it's referred to many times as outward, upward, and inward. And in order to be considered a well, in order to, not to be considered, to consider it sounds like it's from the outside. In order to fully experience who you are, in order to fully experience the, the, the greatest possible you, you want to be engaging and growing in all of those three areas simultaneously, at least in one way, at least in one small way in your life, you're engaging on all of those, in, in all of those things. Torah is personal growth. And, and we'll differentiate what each one is and we'll get all of this clear. Torah is personal growth. Avodah is spiritual growth. Chesed is interpersonal growth. Let's take a look at each one of these three things and then let's discuss and let's make sure that we understand how they're all different. Torah, I hope that you've heard this from me and I hope that this resonates with you. What we're doing right now, okay, you know that we're learning Torah, but we're doing two things right now. Number one, I hope that you find this interesting. Do you find this interesting? Do you grow from the class? I hope that you grow from the class, right? Why? Because I share with you things that I feel that you'll grow from. I think that you want to be a better person, so I choose areas of Torah that focus directly on becoming a better person. Now, if I came today 
and and I gave this class. I said, guys, every single Monday night from here on in, we are going to learn how to slaughter cows. So uh, it might be cool once, but since you're not in the cow slaughtering business, I'm not sure that you'll come on every single week because it's not relevant to you. So you come on to the class because you like the topic, and therefore I'm getting you interested in the learning Torah, right? Because you like the topic. Now it happens to be that whether we're learning about relationships, whether we're learning about becoming a better person, or whether we're learning about slaughtering cows, or we're learning about prayer, or we're learning about whatever else, if I'm teaching you Torah, then actually greater than the information that you're receiving, greater than the topic that we're choosing, you're, you're, the bigger takeaway is the fact that, you know what, you just spent 45 minutes on a Monday night learning Torah. And from a Kabbalistic perspective, that means that you just jumped in a mikvah of spiritual consciousness for 45 minutes. Your soul was literally just in the spa for 45 minutes. Now again, because we are finite creatures, because we are souls and bodies, because of the fact that we are creatures of free will who do fluctuate in spiritual consciousness, you're not going to walk away from a session feeling enlightened just because you learned Torah if the subject matter itself wasn't one that excited you. So therefore, you engage in subject matter that you like, but that's just to make it fun for you. But the real reason behind what we're really trying to accomplish is to engage in Torah learning and to connect to that godly wisdom that's inside of Torah, even though we might not even be fully conscious of it. Because if you go, no, I'll get to you in a second. I just want to finish this point. If you go to a a powerful self-help seminar, the greatest guru, whoever you like, whoever you think, or, 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 or you, you engage in some sort of online, you go to an online course, you go to a seminar, or you follow your favorite influencer. If you, if you listen to what they tell you and you make lifestyle changes, you've grown. But you're not growing from just sitting at the seminar. You're not growing from just listening to them. You're, all, you're just trying to learn wisdom from them so that you could apply and your success comes only as much as you've applied it to your life. Torah is not like that. The Jewish tradition teaches that just purely the engagement of Torah wisdom itself means that now you are engaging in a spiritual pursuit, not only, I was about to say, just like any other mitzvah, but I would say even greater than any other mitzvah. I shouldn't say greater than every other mitzvah, because obviously every single mitzvah has its own thing, but, 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 one thing that the, that Kabbalistic texts teach is that the light of Torah penetrates a person deeper than almost any other mitzvah that's out there. So you're you're tapping into that to the point, to the point that if you can really subscribe to the idea, and and, and I believe this is true down to the core of my being. And trust me, I am not someone that ever follows something blindly, as far as I'm aware. 
And I can tell you that there are times that just the learning of the Torah itself, irrespective of what I was able to practically gain out of it, just sitting, just I would be in a spiritually down place and just engaging in Torah itself, I walked out of there feeling like I just took a spiritual shower. Second point over here is spirituality, avodah, which again, we saw that meant temple service, but it's, it's not limited to that. So now we move into prayer, we move into mitzvah performance. But all of these things have to come against the backdrop of, I'm doing this to have a direct connection with God. As, as I understand God, or to whatever extent I could understand and try to feel and accept my relationship with God. So, whereas Torah, the way the, the way that it was put by, by a very great Torah scholar, a great rabbi of mine, whereas Torah, God is speaking to you through the Torah. God is giving a little bit of his own light to you in the Torah. You're pulling God into your universe. When you pray or when you perform a mitzvah, you are putting yourself into God's universe. So when I buy flowers for my wife, I don't, I, 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 you know, I used to buy flowers for my wife more, and therefore this was much more of a meaningful um, metaphor. I don't buy flowers that often anymore. I sort of slacked off on that. But let's just say I just bought my wife a, um, a perfume, right? So now... Personally, like, I don't know, like, I'm sure that I smell her perfume and I probably like it, but I don't pay that much attention to it. But this was something that was meaningful for her, right? I, I wasn't going to analyze, hey, like, do you really, like, why do you really need to wear that perfume? Like, does anyone really care how you smell? Like, can't you just smell like a human being? Like, why do you have to smell like these chemicals? Like, that's none of my business. This is important to you, so I'm doing it for you. So I don't learn Torah for God. I learn Torah because it brings the light of God into me. When I do a mitzvah, what I'm doing is I am, or at least the, the, the form of what I'm doing is, God, I'm doing this for you. Not to say that God needs me to do it, but that's the form of what it is. It is in the form of a gift to God. It would be the equivalent of, of, of my wife asking me to buy her a perfume, not really because she needs the perfume, but because I need to learn how to be a better husband by buying her a gift, even though I don't fully understand what I'm doing. So when we perform a mitzvah, what we're doing is we're saying, God, I don't necessarily fully understand how I'm partnering in the perfection of the universe by praying, by shaking my lulav, by lighting the Shabbat candles, by making Kiddush. I don't know. But I know that you've asked me to partner with you in this way. So I'm going to do it and I'm going to get to know you better. I'm going to serve you in this way. I'm going to step out of my realm of always saying, I, I only do things that I understand. And God, I'm going to put this now. I'm going to step into your world. That's spirituality. So that's going to be obviously much more God-focused. And therefore, you're, you feel much more of a direct engagement. One of the major... Um, Discussion points, debates throughout history, beginning from the Talmud, that will last even until today is, what is greater? We don't know the answer to it. There's many different opinions. Is it greater to study Torah, to bring God's light into me, 
Or is it greater to pray? Try to get to know, try to actually have this direct communication with God. When you pray, praying is something that is very, very spiritual. It makes you come face to face with your belief in your emotional connection with God. Torah does not do that. But Torah might have a greater light because you're incorporating that light inside of you. So because of that, again, our goal is to be well-rounded. And we want to be doing both. And we want to be growing in both of those areas. And then comes branch number three. Branch number three is doing for others. Doing for others is one branch, and it's so important. Um, we live in a society that, uh, that even within the Jewish world, again, it depends which community, which denomination, but even within the Jewish world, we put high value on doing kindness and doing things for others, which is amazing, which is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. But often, because it's something that's much more tangible for us, we put greater value on doing for others than our own personal growth. That's a mistake. It's, again, it's amazing to do things for others. But we know there is a there is a, a major phenomenon out there of people who feel that, oh, as long as I'm doing for others, I don't have to work on, them, on, on myself. And what happens is that you have, and I know that this is going to, 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 sound, to sound terrible, but this is the reality, where you have people that are very charitable, very giving, the first to volunteer, but they're actually rotten people. I'm not referring to any specific person. I wouldn't in my own head think of any one person and say, this is a rotten person. But there are rotten people out there, right? You know what I mean by rotten. I shouldn't say that about another human being. I mean their character traits, right? leave a lot to be desired and and the people that are close to them see that they're not necessarily the most pleasant the most uh, the pleasant people to be with even though they are really giving and they're wonderful people because they give and they care but just because you care about the world doesn't mean that you could explode at your kids or that you could make your wife feel bad or or that you can or you could walk around in a bad mood or that you could engage in behaviors that are not becoming to a refined human being. And there are people because they've put as such a high priority doing for others and have neglected their own personal growth. That's really what happens. And that's becoming more and more of, of, of an issue, right? So, you know, for example, for example, um, number one, we know that a lot of people that you see, especially online, in the world of fighting for causes, they're fighting for causes. A cause comes up and they're posting every day and they're fighting again. What are they actually doing for the cause? I'm not sure. But at least they're posting, right? They're part of spreading the message, right? But yet, they're so angry. They're so angry. They're so spiteful. They're so attacking to other people. So you're fighting for a cause online, but you're also spreading your, your miserable attitude you know, towards other people. You're trying to make the world a better place, but you're bringing the world down by being so angry. My wife was was you know she's she runs now a program that works very that she works together with teens 
to help them build up their feeling of empowerment, their feeling of being more brave, more courageous, more positive. And she's had an overwhelming, overwhelming positive reaction. And then she got a call from a parent. Says, you know, it's great what you're doing with our kids, but I'd really prefer if there was more like community service involved or this or that. Now I've thought about it at first, and she said, no, that's not the point of this program. There is so much out there in terms of emphasizing people to, to do for others, to do for others, do for others, but not enough out there that are actually telling people, grow, grow as an individual, become that person. Don't just do, 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 but become. Because if you're becoming that person, if you're growing into that person, then every, you'll, you'll be better at everything. You'll be better at giving. You'll be better at impacting the world. Right? So figure out who is the person that you want to become. Show up and then do as the person that you have grown into becoming. No, you had a question. Yeah, sorry that I feel like I'm the one kind of dominating with questions. Uh, I just feel like with acts of kindness and service acts, you know, kind of giving good hostility, it's, it is doing for others. So I feel like a lot of it is we're becoming better people so that we can give in just more naturally and more often, because it feels like doing for others and acts of service, at, le at least for me, that's more my mindset. I don't think about doing for myself as much as I'd try to think for doing for others. So but I also don't want to say, well, I need to work on being more selfish, but I, I obviously want to be a better, more well-rounded person. I want those things to be more natural. I want those things to come easier and I want to be just a better overall version of myself. But I also don't necessarily want to stray from doing the, the acts of giving and service that I know I'm supposed to be doing. So yeah. I just want to square and are, you're not saying kind of take more time, do more for yourself while also not doing that. Cause I just, I just had no, no, struggle. No. With yeah, no, time. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. Again, these are three pillars, all of which are important. So number one, this is the, the, the point is that, that the third pillar, um, which is so important is just one third of what we are here to do. That doesn't mean we should minimize it in any way. But what, it, but what it does mean is that we shouldn't say that, oh, just because we're doing this, we can now neglect other aspects of our life. And also, we're not speaking about anything that's selfish. We're talking about looking inwards and saying, in terms of my own character traits, it's, it's the difference between, because I gave a million dollars, I can give it with attitude. Whereas the person who gives $18 says, okay, I, I can't afford to give a million, but I can give 18 with a smile. When a person comes to my door collecting money, so I could say, you know what, I'm going to give this person $100 and be rotten about it. Or I could say, you know what, I can't do that much for you. I'll do what I can, but why don't you come in and, and, um, and you know, have, have a coffee. Let's have a coffee together. Um, I can say that because I'm going to do a favor for somebody today, I can therefore roll out of bed at, you know, 
10 a.m. or 11 a.m. because I'm doing good things with my time. Versus saying, no, it's not just about doing for others. I need to work on myself. And part of becoming the best version of myself is getting up earlier in the morning, you know, or um, I was just um, unfortunately doing a little bit of counseling with a couple. They are both stars. They're both such, such special people. Um, but unfortunately, the husband has gotten into a terrible, um, a terrible addiction, which is effect directly affected the marriage. And they're wonderful, wonderful people. But what happened is because of his wonder, not because of his wonderfulness, but despite his wonderfulness, he was getting into a very, very terrible, terrible, dark place and wasn't giving enough attention over there. And now he's finding that, you know, his life is coming apart at the seams. So it's making sure that your definition of being a quote unquote good person. And again, we're not here to be good. We're here to be incredible. Um, being an incredible person doesn't just mean doing more and more and more and more and more and more and more for others, but it means growing spiritually and growing as an individual and becoming amazing in every single aspect of your life from the moment that you wake up to the, to, to the moment you go to sleep. That's what we mean by that, if that makes sense. So that's this mission, a very important point. I hope that um, this was valuable to everybody. And um, we'll stop over here. And next week we'll jump in with mission number three. If anyone would like to uh, meet at any point over the week, you know how to find me. I'd love to catch up with everybody. All right. Wishing everybody a Laila Tov Todaba to all. Good night, good night. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast and you can always go to rabbishlomo.com for more great content and resources and to connect directly with me.